Welcome to Build, Lead, Succeed, the official podcast of the National Association of Women in Construction. I'm your host, Angela Highland, and I am thrilled that you have joined me for this episode. The focus of this podcast is to further NAWIC's overall mission of supporting women in the construction industry and hearing their stories. We're going to get on the front lines and interview women throughout this industry who are living it day to day. There are issues and conversations that need to be had, and I'm ready to go. Before we get started, however, I want to say a big thank you to our sponsor and partner who is making this all possible. TouchPlan is a collaborative construction planning software that digitizes collaboration, planning, tracking, and communication on the job site. TouchPlan is committed to the belief that innovation and learning from data is the key to making the construction process more efficient and in turn will make people's lives better. Thank you for your partnership, TouchPlan. Well, today I want to introduce you to Jennifer Ponce de Leon, a Senior Business Development Manager for GEM Group Construction Services. Welcome, Jennifer. Thanks, Angela, for having me. I appreciate being here. Uh, before we begin, I want to ask you about your name. For me, it's a unique name, and I, I want to hear a little story about that. Is it a family name? Uh, yes, I got married, and uh, after I did, I told my husband, gosh, not a day goes by where someone doesn't have an icebreaker with my name. And he said, welcome to my world. <laughs> So uh, it it hails uh, it is Spanish and um, as you know it's the explorer and fountain of youth and there's a lot of history behind it and it's always fun to talk to people about it. But thanks for asking. Yeah, you know, being from Florida, it's a you know it's a popular name <laughs> to us. We all know who it is. So um, I just I thought it would be fun to get a little backstory on that. Mm -hmm. Thanks. <laughs> So how long have you worked in the construction industry? So for me, it's been about 20 years that I've been in the industry. Wow. How did you get into the industry as a whole? Tell me a little bit about your journey. Sure. So I uh, graduated from college with a degree in communications and business, and I stumbled across a friend who worked in the elevator business and I went into their office on a cold call working for another firm. And the, the men in the office sort of heckled me and I stood my ground and joked around back. And later I got a call from my friend and um, she said, you know, you fit perfect. It's a great opportunity. They are looking for a person to, uh, you know, sell elevators. And I said, why in the world would I want to get into the elevator business? That's seems so unique and such a niche and uh you know she said just give it a chance and it was i enjoyed the team that i worked with i worked there for a number of years and got my start in um, selling products uh to general contractors and architects and really got a feel for uh you know the introduction to building construction so that was yeah that was a great start for me it was a big firm lots of training um you know, international firm. I learned about uh, working for large companies and especially in construction. Uh, you know, there's a lot of pieces that go together uh, from estimating and construction, closeout, you know, 
from soup to nuts. And so did you, uh, did you, were you doing business development there as well, or were you getting into a lot of those areas at that company? Yeah, so I started out in uh, sales and uh, it was, they call you account manager, business development, um, account executive. And I, uh, I was a product rep at the time and uh, pretty much sold to all the vertical markets. And then I went into um, just getting into more of the senior level account development, getting into larger projects. I think that was escalating my career from starting, um, you know, baseline and, and selling um, different projects. But as I got to the more complex project development, I was gaining ground on uh, getting a lot of that experience in the, in the industry as a whole and, and meeting a lot more people, building my network. And then as, as it had it, um, 2008, 2009, there was the recession, the construction bubble with a lot of layoffs nationwide. And I got laid off from my job. And I thought it was the end of the world for me because it was really my, um, you know, that was really my time in construction and uh, didn't realize where I would want to go next. But uh, then I landed into another position. I was able to get another position uh, for Lutron Electronics. And that was a great experience as well. And that was a little bit different with lighting controls still in the construction industry. And this time, instead of general contracting and architecture, I was really with the electrical contractors and more of the end users. And that was an interesting concept because I was walking in and talking to uh, college facility managers and healthcare facility managers and talking about the, uh, you know, the lighting controls and building management systems. So you know, you go from selling a box to <laughs> selling other products as well. And that that was uh, because Lutron has energy efficiency products. It was a matter of um, learning about the uh, utility consumption and learning about the energy efficiency business. And after that, I uh, landed into a realm of energy performance contracting. So that really propelled my career into um developing much larger projects that were turnkey. And instead of a subcontractor, I became more of a prime contractor. And I was in a position to uh, provide solutions to end users in a way that was really um, developing projects that uh, saved energy at the end of the day, but it was designing and developing and constructing those projects. Um, so that was, that was really exciting part of my career too. So how did you end up at GEM? Yeah, so during COVID, uh, there was, you know, a lot of people changed and pivoted, if you will. And uh, there was an opportunity for me to uh, change directions. And I learned of an opportunity here at GEM Group. And Jessica Myers, the owner, has been around the area for 18 years. And I knew her when she started the business. I learned about an opportunity with her and I immediately picked up the phone and called her. And I said, um, you know, let's talk. And I had a position, I wasn't really looking. And uh, it just so happens, um, you know, she was looking for a business development manager. She was creating a posi new position. She herself had done that. And um, we got to talking and ironically, I, I kind of saw the writing on the wall at my firm that I was at. They were, you know, 
receding out of the area and it just so happened the timing worked perfectly that you know they were kind of closing shop in the in the central pennsylvania market and i got to join gem group which is the largest woman-owned construction firm in pennsylvania so it's been very refreshing to finally work for a great culture with a purpose and uh you know leading leading the charge um you know with diversity and inclusion here in the construction industry Wow, that's really interesting because, uh, you know, culture is a really big subject for me. And how is that working for a, a, a woman owned business that I think probably started small? Sounds like she really grew it over time. And how do you find the culture at, this, at your company? Yeah, I mean, bar none, I think the culture here at Gem Group is outstanding. Uh, all of us embrace the inclusivity of everyone there's never been a more transparent company that i've ever worked for we all communicate um, the ideas are open and people step up every day and take care of one another um, we, we do a great job of supporting each other working together we focus hard on diversity when we hire um, there's more than 30 percent of our staff are um, diverse, you know, we have a lot of females in here and again, um, everybody I think here is a great leader and a great team. We all work together and collaborate. So, um, we're always engaging with one another, which means we're engaging with our clients and our community. And it just becomes, you know, a sphere of influence that we can impact and improve lives. Mm. Well, given your background, which is very diverse and I, what I like about the, previous conversations that we've had, and of course, this conversation, you know, you have worked for the mom and pop and you've worked for the big corporate company and you've worked in a couple of different roles. You've been in construction and you've been out. And so I think you've got a really unique perspective, um, you know, highs, lows, good, bad. How do you think that construction companies can do better and be more inclusive? Because they're not always so inclusive a lot of them are starting to be in you know with now we're hearing a lot about dei we're, we're you know i would like to explore that more over the next uh few episodes but so what do you think how can they be more inclusive yeah so having a seat at the table from different perspectives i do have a lot of context from being a subcontractor and then i got out of the industry and i was providing solutions in a different capacity and what i didn't mention is that i was in the telecommunications industry for one year and i got a sense of providing solutions in that capacity that had nothing to do with construction and what i found as a common denominator for all of these positions and to be more inclusive is that we are all problem solving for our clients and just just knowing that there are different perspectives and seeing seeing the response from clients at the table and being in that position to hear from all of these um you know these different responses for people you get a sense of okay how am i adding value and how am i delivering a solution and what ideas do i bring to the table and who else can i rely on to strategically bring to the table to get uh, a more broader perspective so we can have a greater impact so i guess again to answer your question how do we be more inclusive it's just knowing that you have to be open and 
you know, get people early in and and out and you know up to the table and um, opening the door wide open to inviting people in and sharing their ideas because a lot of people do have great ideas out there. We just have to give them a chance. And because I've had so many chances <laughs> and I've, um, you know, I've stepped into chances and I've, you know, I've made those chances happen for me. I've, I've gotten that perspective of seeing and hearing and then buying into not what we do, but why we do it. And then generating those more innovative ideas. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think there's a part of the culture piece is communication is really big and and the leadership of the company really has to find those ways to make all of their team feel valued and included, but they have to tell them, you know, this is this is our vision for our company. This is our strategy. These are our goals. I think sometimes the leadership tends to hold on to those good nuggets and the employees just go to work and do their job every day. You know, they don't always yeah. know what's going on. And so there's no buy-in. And when you well, don't have buy-in, you lose people sometimes, especially if the culture is not so great. It can, you know, sometimes you get a toxic workplace and those kinds of things. Yeah. And I think you have to have those touchdowns weekly. And no matter how small or large your company is, you can always at large companies have those smaller huddles and those touchdowns every week and get that communication flowing. And especially now that people are hybrid or remote, you have to over communicate and you have to make sure that everybody's know they everybody's on the same page. They know what's going on um, because we're all running 100 miles per hour and we don't always know what's going on. So it's always helpful to get all of those folks just talking to one another, whether and we, we have a lot of modes of communication. We do text and email and teams and those those little snippets are flying around all day. And at least we're doing these touchdowns that keep us all informed. And then at the end of the week or at the beginning of the week, whatever your cadence is, you have those collaborative meetings that even if you're just sort of going, you know, state of the union address, you're outlining some of those things and it just keeps everybody you know, included in those conversations and, and they're all looped in. Yeah, I think that's super important. And I love what you said about the huddle. I'm a big fan of that. Um, when I used to own my own subcontracting company, every Friday we had a wrap and it was one meeting. We wrapped up and then we prepared for the following week. And we kept it short and concise. We didn't get off on tangents. Like, you know, death by meeting is a thing, right? So you got to sure. keep your people engaged or you'll lose them. And I think especially now, because so many more people are working remotely, you also have to keep them engaged and get creative um, and also hold them accountable, right? So you had mentioned to me before also about millennials. And I wanted to get your take on that because I think millennials get a bad rap. <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes it's not fair. I mean, they have progressive way of thinking. They think um, they think a little differently than we do. And we, again, we just have to adapt to each other. And we are all going to have, uh, we all work in dynamic environments. We all have different personalities, but we always have to respect one another and get each other's perspective on 
the best path forward as we're solving problems for our clients because it's not about us it's about you know our purpose and what we're what what we're serving and, and who we're serving at the end of the day so um just just making sure that uh these young men and women who are going into construction you know they understand that um you know they they have to seek to understand and and learn you know know what's what's in the best interest of their clients and then working together as a team to all figure that out yeah you hear a lot uh whether you're in the field or in an office it doesn't matter you hear that all the time people say oh millennials and i i i think that probably every generation has had that about another generation and i think it comes down to understanding where everybody's coming from right uh, you have to you have to have an awareness of different personalities. And I think it takes effort to get to learn about another person, try to connect with them, see where they're coming from. Um, because millennials um, are very productive. They work in a different way, but it's a great way. So I, I never have liked that conversation about pointing the finger at them. Now you're hearing a lot about the, you know, the next generation down and how nobody wants to work. And it's like, well, of course they want to work and they're great workers. But mm -hmm. again, I think the um, senior leadership has to continue to find ways to uh, build bridges. Yeah. And we can really empower them to step up and that that takes a good leader. And when we talked about culture, it kind of brings me full circle to the fact that, you know, these millennials have great ideas and we need to give them voices and we need to open the door and make sure that, you know, they can participate in projects and participate in those influencing decisions to, you know, make these projects come together because they're the ones that may strike up an idea that nobody else thought of. We, we all are sort of have that comfort zone of how we've traditionally always gone at a lot of these projects. And here they come walking in the door and they'll add, you know, their two cents. And it's something that no one's thought of before. And I think we need more of that. Mm, I would agree with that. And how do you think women can leverage their unique skills within the industry? Yeah. So I don't, well, first off, I don't think they do enough of it. Um, I think women need to brag more. They need to sustain that confidence and they need to um, make sure they leverage their network and build their network and always speak up. Never be shy about uh, where your strengths are and don't ever dismiss your, your, your strengths to the point where you have to have the exact skill set to meet the exact need. No, you don't. You absolutely do not. You can always do a great job and use the strengths that you have. And I guarantee you that you will do a great job on a project. You don't always have to have a one for one match. And I think that's where a lot of women make the mistake of, gosh, I don't have that skill and I and I'm not gonna I'm not good enough. I, you know, I don't I'm comparing myself to John Doe over here, but um, you really need to focus on, hey, I I know what I can do and I'm gonna do my best. And at least I'm going to participate. And then when you look back, you're you probably will have done a great job. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. I think women hold themselves to such a high standard. And if mm -hmm. they realize that men are also 
not always knowing what they're doing when they jump into a job either. Men are a little bit more willing to go go out there and just jump in and mm-hmm. they'll figure it out as they go along. But I think a lot of times women get a little tentative about that, that they worry about, you know, they get all up in their head. What if I, what if I don't, um, what if I don't succeed? What if I, I can't do this? And they actually talk themselves out of taking great opportunities. And I think that that's really important, especially in the construction industry. We're seeing more and more women getting into the trades. And I, I, I love that because they're, they're fearless. They're getting out there and they're, you know, grabbing a welding torch and, you know, learning how to do everything. So I think it's uh, really important. Let's talk about work-life balance a minute. Because I think uh, you're a mom, aren't you? I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how in your journey so far, how have you been able to bridge that divide and make it all work and grow your career, learn new skills, get home and put dinner on the table, raise your children? What do you think has helped you be successful in that? So I'm really blessed, first off, with a wonderful husband and just flexibility in my career and some great companies that i've worked for have been flexible with that work-life balance um not everybody has that luxury or freedom so i would just say that you always have to be honest with your team and your boss and your team is going to support you when they can and you know you 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 do have to um you know, make some sacrifices along the way. And being in business development and sales, there's a lot of networking opportunities in the evenings. Um, so, you know, I've missed missed time at home for that. Um, but, you know, there, again, so some of those sacrifices in your career, you just have to kind of take those steps and do the best you can. Um, but yeah, I, I just have a supportive husband and flexibility with, uh, you know, some of the career moves that I've made. And I've been very, very fortunate. What happens when you don't get a supportive team or a supportive boss? Well, I think that there lies in the toxic environment. And uh, I've been in those situations as well. And, you know, you you can only live with it for so long. You don't want to carry that stress with you. And you just need to make sure that you're honest with yourself. And if it's time to move on, it's it's time to go. And you just need to figure those things out. And if it's something that you can settle with and work out, then you have those hard conversations. Um, but if you can't work them out and it's just not working to your favor, then again, you know, you have to make that change. And, and I've been through um, a lot of change in my career and I would never look back. I'm glad some of those changes were made. And, you know, the advice that I have is, you know, some things happen to you that are beyond your control or out of your control. Um, but some things are in your control and, you know, you, you work to find a solution and you have those tough conversations and then you make those tough decisions. I think this is a bigger conversation that I'd really like to get into uh, in some upcoming episodes as well, because I think there's a, a little bit of bias going on. You know, there's an expectation that 
women are supposed to be caregivers and they're, you know, they, they got to do it all. But then when they do go, you know, take a break to have a child or, you know, or if they're recovering from an illness, that's another big one. You know, let's say, you know, um, a woman's dealing with breast cancer and they have to take time off because they have to go to the doctor or they're ill. And then maybe when they come back, they still need care. And I think that there's a good conversation to be had for how women can advocate for themselves with their bosses or their upline so that they can still be valued at work and be productive, but also have that sense of self-care. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's that idea that, um, you know, we work hard and when you have kids and a big family, you, you know, you don't realize what work is until you have kids. <laughs> so it, there's a lot that goes into that. And you think to yourself, gosh, if I can do this, then I can take on the world. Right. And there's just a lot to be said about women in business in general, because, uh, you know, they're, we, we are the caregivers in most cases. And, you know, we care for our parents and our children and our friends and our community. We, we're always givers, right? We always give and we want to do it all and take it, take it all on. But we also have to learn to say no. And you always have to make sure that, you know, you come first with your health and you can only take on so much. And that whole work-life balance thing is pretty important because once you start getting stressed, it just all falls apart. So it's important to have that self-care and, um, you know, making sure that you understand what your limits are. Mm. Jen, what message would you share with other women in construction who are listening about, you know, maybe they're just getting started on their journey. Maybe they're not in the position they'd like to be in or the company they'd like to be in or, um, just not on the right path and they're wanting to grow, what kind of message would you have for them? Yeah. So I'd like to say that, you know, always be a professional worth your audience's attention. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up, but I, you know, I never shied away from um, being confident and, you know, you know, Angela, you touched about the, next generation in millennials and you know some people have called them the job hopping generation and i i kind of look back at my career and chuckle about saying hey i might be ahead of my time i had a lot of jobs <laughs> while you know a lot of my family and friends they stayed in their jobs for 20 years and here i i might have had 20 jobs in <laughs> in that amount of time so um anyway it's just goes to show that you know there's um we, we need to embrace change. And for young professionals out there, you know, you build your network, you leverage your network, you leverage your skills, you become, you're confident, you continue learning and you're always learning. So that's, that's another important piece is that you never stop learning. Um, you know, you, you never stop working with the people and, and getting those mentors in your life and getting the people around you that are going to support you, advocate for you. It's just really important to always stay connected 
know the people that are in your corner. So you're going to need to call on them because you're, you're not going to know all the answers and, and you are going to need someone to rely on sometimes when you don't know the answers. And it's always good to have, you know, that, that board, if you will, of people that you can trust and rely on. And, you know, you're just, you're just always needing to reach out and, and myself, I mean, I'm always open to, being a mentor for anyone, I think it's really important to support young women who are looking to get into these industries. Um, and we want to keep them here and we want to pull them up and we want to get them, you know, keep them here and, and keep them growing. So, you know, we can all, we can all be lifted up. I love that. Mentorship is huge. I think that is a big piece to success. And I know a lot of emerging professionals that they are thirsty for mentorship and they're figuring out how to connect. And this came up with a friend of mine the other day, we were talking about mentorship in the industry and how do you connect with people? You know, if you're a woman, if you're a tradeswoman and you're out in the field, how do you find a mentor when there's so few? And the, the answer is you just keep looking, you keep connecting, you keep networking, uh, don't hide away because that's what's going to help you grow, right? That gives you that network of support, which I think everyone needs, man or woman, it doesn't matter. But for women in a male populated industry, they need a little bit more help because they they might tend to hold themselves back because they may feel insecure about moving forward. And I just, I love what you said there about mentorship. It's uh it's so important in this industry. It can be male or female and, you know, whoever is going to support you, I think it's important to make sure that, you know, again, you get the right people and it doesn't matter if they're a man or a woman, but, you know, as long right. as you have the, have the right support system. Yeah. And I think women can benefit from having male mentors, especially in this industry, because there's a lot of guys out there that they want to help. You know, they they love it when you come and ask. They have no problem, you know, shining a little bit of light where you need it. And um, I, I I hope more people can tap into that. And I hope more companies start offering better mentoring programs because I just, I think they're so powerful in an organization. And I think too, and, and you made a good point earlier about, you know, you hop, sometimes you feel like you've hopped around a lot. There is no straight line, right? There's no A to B. There's a lot of zigzagging when you're wanting to get to your goal. And I think it's okay to hop around now. That used to be a bad thing. You know, they used to look at your resume and go, oh, you've had more than three jobs. This is a very good thing. What does that say about you? But I think that's changing. I think a lot of uh, uh, HR folks look at that now in the bigger context of experience and you know, once you check references, you really learn that this person has gathered a lot of bits and pieces along the way, and they could really add a lot of value to your team. Yeah. And I think you, you make a great point. And I think when you do reach out to people, so, you know, again, advice to those out there um, looking for mentors, ask people, people love to talk about themselves, their industry, their experience. Um, 
anybody that inspires you. I've done it myself. Um, I've reached out to people and said, hey, can you tell me more about what you do, what your day to day is? I'd love to learn from you. I'd love to get your advice. Um, you know, you inspire me. You know, I value you and, and people people will um, be receptive to that. And don't be shy. Again, just reach out and say, hey, I'd love to learn a little more from you, whatever that is. And I guess virtually nowadays, it's there's it's a lot easier. So there's no excuses for people not having time to do it. That's the truth. And I think when we do that, we find that we have a lot more in common than we do have differences. And suddenly we think something that we've been holding on to that you don't want to share, maybe you're embarrassed to talk about, you find that there's a lot more people out there dealing with the same thing. I think that's what's so powerful about this podcast and some of the stories that we want to get into, because I think that there's a lot of women out there that need to hear that other women are dealing with a lot of the same stuff they are. And it's just, it's going to help, help bolster them. Uh, Maywick has a great mentoring program that's, uh, they started a few years back that's been very successful with that. And they've been very good at matching up people. You know, if, if you have a tradeswoman that says, you know, I really want to get out of the field and I want to grow, I want to become a superintendent. We, you know, try to match them up with, uh, somebody that's been in that superintendent role and help them figure out how they can get there. So I think there's always ways, you know, different membership. I mean, in construction, you've got unions. I know the unions are very good about having mentorship program, um, but then there's other uh, trade associations out there that do the same. And then, you know, of course, the companies that we work for, a lot of them are really putting good programs into place. Yeah, there's always great. There's so many benefits about mentoring. Yeah. Well, Jen, I want to thank you so much for joining me. I have enjoyed this conversation and I think it's going to make a good impact. I think your story reaches a lot of people. Um, you know, you've got that diversity and you continually are climbing, you're continuing to move forward, whatever adversity comes your way, you just keep on going and you learn and move forward. And I think that that's a really important thing for people to hear. Thanks, Angela. I really enjoyed my time with you. Thank you. Yeah, let's stay connected, okay? Definitely. I'd love that. All right. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining me for this episode. We are always looking to expand our network and get into some good conversations. So if you have something to say, please email us at podcast at nawick.org. Don't forget to connect with us on social. All links to that are on our website, www.nawick.org. I'd also like to say a big thank you to our partner and sponsor, TouchPlan. Goodbye for now. I'm your host, Angela Highland. And just remember, we are just getting started.